Hello, welcome to This Week in Mormons, the Sisters Edition with your hosts, Arianne Smith and Tiffany Hitz. Here for our April podcast, bringing you Mormon news. Exactly. In what I consider to be a very chilly month. Oh, it is. We are we are officially in sprinter. Yes. It's not spring. It's not winter. It's sprinter. Yes. If you live in the Western United exactly. States, it's been rough. <laughs> exactly. Okay. I had heard the funniest thing. So Nate Eaton from East Idaho News uh-huh. is over here covering the Lori Vallow trial. And he was talking the other night on his on his on his nightly podcast, he was like, man, he's like, I have to put a jacket on. I told everybody in East Idaho that when I was coming over to Boise, it was going to be all really nice and warm and tropical. It's not any warmer over here than it is in East Idaho. Oh. And I was like, that is a really sad commentary because East Idaho is awful. There's a reason we don't want to live in that climate. <laughs> exactly. But now we got it. Yes. <laughs> okay. So what is new with you? I'm going to beef tonight. I, oh. I'm, I, I have a, I have a little beef and I'm going to, I'm going to share my little beef. This, this is where we like to share our beef. This it's, is where we like to share very our beef. therapeutic. It is. I'm beefing tonight. Some church beef. I'm a church beef. Oh, of course. Church beef. <laughs> so as you know, I'm in the Relief Society presidency. Yes. One of my assignments is, um, the missionary committee. So I am okay. on the missionary committee. We do our little huddle once a week mm-hmm. for 10 minutes before church, discuss missionary stuff. So the missionaries in our area right now used to serve four wards. Now they serve six, which is fine. Mm-hmm. I have no beef with that. Uh, in fact, it actually meant that then we only had to feed them every four weeks or right. every six weeks. But they informed us in March that the mission was changing their their policy on feeding the missionaries. Oh, We were no longer going to feed the missionaries. So we didn't have to coordinate meals or anything like that. And I thought, well... That's, that's, that's kind of different, but okay, Mm -hmm. whatever. No, not feeding them at all. Not feeding them at all. Well, then we find out that no, it's not that they're, we're not feeding them at all, that we can only feed them if we have a (gasps) non-member or a less active over for dinner at the same time. I feel like this was a policy for a brief period of time when we lived in Portland. Yes. Might I add a very unsuccessful policy? Well, that is exactly <laughs> what I'm thinking. So I did not realize uh-huh. there was a four-page memo on this policy. So I get this email this week from another Relief Society counselor, mm-hmm. and she is emailing all six of the Relief Society counselors for the six wards that these missionaries cover um, that are in charge of, that are on the missionary committee. And she says, ladies, I think to help coordinate mm-hmm. dinners, we should do a Google calendar so that we can coordinate. And I thought to myself a couple of things. First of all, mm-hmm. why is this my responsibility? I am a Relief Society counselor and I have plenty of things to do. If anybody is going to coordinate a Google calendar and meals. Ward mission leader. Exactly. Or a member of his committee. Well, he doesn't even have a committee. I don't even know what my ward mission leader does besides show up at the huddle. I'm still trying to figure that out. So I'm like, oh, no, 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 honey. Not being dumped on me. No, this has been a beef of Relief Society presidencies for years. I've been in multiple Relief Society presidencies where this is the beef. Like. Why are they putting the meals on us? Why is the ward mission leader? Well, I don't think, so I think this was just her idea of this might be a good idea for us sisters in the, in, in the Relief Society presidencies assigned to this, to coordinate this. This wasn't anything that I think anybody asked her to do. Oh. I think she self-initiated oh, she that. She took it on. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Points for self-initiation. But guess what? 
I work full time. I'm in the Relief Society presidency. I don't have oodles of free time because I'm a stay at home uh, uh, mom in Eagle who probably has somebody that cleans my house on a weekly basis and is a nanny to my kids. <laughs> so, and, and she happened to probably send this email during what has probably been one of my busiest weeks of the year yeah. work wise. And so, I was a little on edge. So then I called my Relief Society president and I said, did I miss a memo or something? Like, what is the deal here? Why is she doing this? Mm-hmm. And my um, my Relief Society president says, oh, th-, and I was very nice and I re- when I responded to her. Mm-hmm. My initial reaction was, was to go a lawyer on her, litigator, because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I'm currently in litigation mode. That usually doesn't end well for most people I have to interact with. <laughs> but... I was very nice to her and I said, I am a little confused. I thought that they only ate meals if they had somebody that they were teaching. And if that's the case, why can't the missionaries coordinate their own calendar? Mm -hmm. That was my question back to her. And she was like, oh yeah, that probably would work well. Let's forget this idea. And I'm like, yeah, let's do that. So So they're not trying to get you guys to sign up and invite your neighbor and have the missionaries over. Well, they kind of are. Okay. Because there is this four-page memo that went mm-hmm. out that I did not receive until my Relief Society president forwarded it to me this week. Which, by the way, I guess this will be applied to my stick too. Yes. <laughs> so the four-page memo goes out. Mm-hmm. And um, I guess I was supposed to have this. I don't know when I was supposed to have this four-page memo. But it's supposed to be discussed in my missionary mm-hmm. huddle. And we're supposed to let people know this is the new plan for feeding the missionaries, et cetera, mm-hmm. that you can, um, like I said, they said it's called ministering meals with the missionaries is what it's called. You can have a non-member friend, part member family, recent convert, or a less active member at your house. Okay. Now, this is how you're supposed to invite them over. This This is the part that I'm like... Oh, let me know how that works out. Oh, the best way is to simply do what feels normal and natural to you. For example, you may wish to call or send a message such as, Hi, Kathy, we're having two young missionaries over for dinner and a spiritual thought with our family next Thursday evening. Would you like to join us? We'd love to enjoy some time with you. That is not normal or casual. (laughs) No, that's very formal and aggressive. And if I'm on the receiving end of that, I'm like, um, no, <laughs> thanks, so, hard pass. I'm guessing they put that in there because they don't want you to sabotage your neighbors and be like, want to come over for dinner? And then the missionaries just happen to be there. <laughs> they want well, to make sure you give them warning. They do want to make sure <laughs> that you give them warning. And so that, um, and they say it sends a positive implied message that uh-huh. you enjoy the missionaries and hearing spiritual message and a loving message that you want to enjoy their company. Oh, this is intense. It is intense. So I'm like, yeah, well, I now I've got to figure out what I'm going to do with this. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to bring it up in the missionary huddle yeah. because that is that is my responsibility. I suppose what I will do is probably in Relief Society make an announcement and tell the sisters and say, by the way, we're no longer feeding the missionaries. Uh This is the new drill for feeding the missionaries. So if you have a desire to feed the missionaries, great. Right. But you're going to have to go get your neighbors to come over to your house when you do. Right. This is hard. Like I said, I I think this was implied for a brief period of time when we lived in Portland and it just doesn't work. Like the missionaries just don't get fed. Yeah. Um. And this is hard for me because as a parent, there have been times where I have felt it is so beneficial for my kids to be around those missionaries. Um, I think, I think it's a disservice to 
give credit to what that can do for a family. Exactly. I mean, I know it's important to bring in, you know, yeah. Oh, bring, yeah. bring in your neighbors yeah. and friends, but if it's not the right time or if you're pushing it, exactly. Like, there's also a real benefit from just having them around your kids and your family. Exactly. And our kids are budding converts. Exactly. I mean, they are. Exactly. The most important converts in my life right now. Exactly. <laughs> that I am trying to, you know, help convert to exactly. the church. So. Well, and the other thing too, is I'm thinking about this on a weeknight perspective. Mm-hmm. If, if I ever have anybody over for dinner it's not just, oh, hey, 30 minutes, hour, bye, we're done, got to go. Right. I, I, we, it's usually, you know, a couple hour affair. We have dinner, mm-hmm. we sit around, we chat, et cetera. That is not going to happen Sunday through Thursday, mm-hmm. maybe on a Friday night, yeah. maybe on a Saturday night. But on a weeknight, there is way too much stuff going on. Yeah. Not only in my life, but in the life of anybody that I would likely invite over. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, the, it it's left me scratching my head, and like I said, right. well, I, I will I will put it out there to the sisters in my ward and give them these opportunities, mm-hmm. and I just don't. I I we should maybe place bets right now on how long before the uh, the um, dinner with missionary six policy. months. That's I, what I was going to say too. Hundred and eighty days tops. <laughs> then we'll have a new policy. <laughs> All right. Okay. Should we get into some news? Let's stories? get into some news stories. Okay. We are real quick going to hit on some kind of worldwide, well, some are worldwide, just all around church announcements that have come yes. out this week. Uh, first one is the church announces that they are going to do a worldwide testimony meeting for youth. I think this is something new. I've never heard of them doing this before. I know. I've never heard of it either. Um, It's going to be October 22nd of this year. Um, They will have a short pre-recorded message focusing on Jesus Christ. And they are asking youth leaders locally to host a testimony meeting um, at 7 o'clock p.m. that night. Show the video and encourage, you know, testimonies to be shared. So I'm guessing this will be done like on a ward level. Um, or maybe a stake level if for if smaller the, stakes. Yeah, yeah, for smaller so, stakes. So that'll be interesting coming up in October. Okay, next thing that kind of has come out this week. I'm really excited about this one speaking of. Okay. It's about church technology, Ooh. which has its ups and downs. Yes, yes But this is, this is a really good new addition to the gospel app. Oh, okay. Um, gospel so this tools. is not in LDS Tools. This is in the Gospel Library. No, I got that wrong. This is in LDS Tools. This is in LDS which Tools. I now, is it called LDS Tools or Gospel Tools? I don't know what it's called. They're constantly changing the name. I don't know. The one it's... that is the tools where you look up your ward directory. It's just called Tools. Oh, it's just called Tools now. Tools okay. these days. They tools. change it. They tools change with it. a picture of a church. They change it on the regular. Yes. So you just never know. Um, so this is, oh no, one of them is in Gospel Library. Maybe these are both in gospel. They're in one of those. Search around. You'll find them. But I love both of these. First change that they have made is Elders Quorum and Release Society Presidencies. Now it is in the Gospel Library app. In the Gospel Library app. Okay. Can add the talks that they are going to pick for the year for their lessons and put them, assign them to months. So me as a member... I will, if you do, if my ward presidency does that, I'll be able to pull up my LD or my gospel library okay. and just how I can see my come follow me by the week, which lesson is the lesson for the week. I will be able to see the month oh. and which two really society 
lessons will be talked about that month, which two conference talks like fast link, right? I love that. Okay. Then I don't have to search for them and I know what day they're going to be on. I think that's very cool. Very cool. I like that update. Okay. Second update is they have added a hymn feature also on gospel library. Okay. Where the ward music people will be able to get in and list the sacrament meeting hymns. And an hour before my sacrament meeting Mm -hmm. starts, they will appear in my app Mm. for that day. So I can get out, you know, when you get there late and you don't get a seat with a hymn book and you got to whip out your phone. Exactly. You're trying to look it up alphabetically. Now you can whip out your phone and it will have your hymns for that Sunday. Oh, I like that. It'll list the date and you can click right on them. Okay. So side note, you heard this story. I heard this story. I was mortified. (laughs) Because I was... (laughs) very upset about it. Now it's Ariane's turn to rant. Now it's my turn to beef because we're talking about hymns and putting the hymn numbers in the app. My ward on Easter Sunday, we, they always email the program out digitally the day before that's a leftover COVID thing. Okay. So the day before Easter Sunday, they emailed out the program and the opening hymn was supposed to be praised to the man. (laughs) And the closing hymn was supposed to be secret prayer. Because those are both so appropriate for Easter. (laughs) And then there was just, I know that like, I've been talking to various friends because the church released that statement saying we want Easter Sunday to be special. It's one hour. We want music and things. Yes. So I, in my unrealistic expectations, had expected. Well, at least I'd see Easter hymns, but I also unrealistically expected a musical program, kind of like what you did at Christmas. No, there was one musical number. It was my daughter. (laughs) And she was singing, I stand all amazed. And then there was a husband wife speaker and they were actually, it was a mission farewell. And so That's I kind of like having a mission farewell at Christmas. No, I turned to my 13 year old daughter and I said, well, Easter's on your shoulders this year, my dear. <laughs> hey, at least you I stand it. all amazed. At least it's a Christ centered theme. Yes. We picked that knowing she was singing on Easter. Well, so. I, I mean, I have just, it, it just boggles my mind who was tone deaf to think praise to the man on Easter might be a good idea. Can you imagine if you bring your neighbor who is not a member of the church and you're like singing that as the opening hymn and you're like, I on pro- Easter, I promise we're Christian. <laughs> I mean, it plays so, into every stereotype that we do not worship Jesus Christ and we worship yes. Jesus Smith. So I am happy to report the error was corrected. My hu- my husband was like, I can't stand this. Like he's like, he's, he's a music guy. And he yes. just is like, he let it sit for a few hours and he's like, nope, nope. I have to say something. I'm like, I'm sure someone is, I know that there were, my husband was mm-hmm. not the only one yeah. that, that emailed uh, but he emailed the ward music guy and the bishop and was like, might I suggest him number 199 and 200 since it is Easter? <laughs> and so sure enough, when we got there the next day, the program still had praise to the man printed, but the board had been changed. To so did you have people like, which is it when, <laughs> when the Easter hymn starts and they're opening praise to the man? Now, don't get me wrong. I, I, I enjoy praise to the man. I got no beef with praise to the man. My only beef with praise to the man is we shouldn't sing it at Easter and we shouldn't sing it at Christmas. No, no. So anyway, they did itself. They did. They did correct. Good. They straightened, straightened the course. Although maybe next time we could not do the mission farewell on Easter. (laughs) Or if you're, Here's another radical suggestion. Uh-huh. If you're going to do a mission farewell on Easter, assign them to talk about Easter. <laughs> that would also be a good idea. Oh, but they were going to Nauvoo, which kind of explained praise to the man. And one of them was asked to talk on prayer, which explained secret prayer. 
<laughs> so at least there was like a logical explanation. I just think someone forgot it was Easter. That's all. We're only having one hour of church. It's really hard to remember the reason we're only having one hour of church. <laughs> anyway. All right. What's okay. next? Do I have, oh, oh, I still have one you, more news You still story. have two okay, more. Two got, more shout outs. I got distracted by the hymns. Anyway, hymns are good. We'll see them in yes. our app soon. Maybe. Okay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> this one is... Uh, just came out this week, this announcement. They will be closing the San Diego Temple in July of this year for extensive renovations. They're closing the Castle Temple. I know. When I saw this, I was like, how can they do that? It's not even that old. This isn't a Pioneer Temple. It was dedicated in 1993. And then I was like, oh, I guess that is getting kind of up there in years. Okay. We're, we're, um, we're cruising on 30 years. So, yeah. I mean, it's getting... I think this is just... These buildings are so big and so massive. Yeah. I think this is just the standard now. They're all eventually going to have to be shut down for extensive So we're going to have two different schedules going on. We're having the building schedule of all the new temples. Uh-huh. And then we are having the continuing schedule yes. of temples being shut for renovations yes. and then being rededicated. But this is going to actually be really big deal for the members of the church in San Diego. Because yeah. the closest one is going to be... Well, they've got one in Mexico, Tijuana. Yes. That's 36 miles. But... That's a pain to get through the border uh, and get back through the border. Yeah. That takes a I long time. I wouldn't want to do that. And then they also have Newport Beach, which is 70 miles. Redlands is like 110 miles. And in Southern California I was going to say traffic, California time, 70 miles is a three-hour drive. Yeah. I mean, getting from Newport Beach is going to be their best bet. But getting from San Diego to Newport Beach is awful. Like Maybe Tijuana is not looking so bad. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> anyway, so this is going to be a big deal for them. So then the question becomes, if you go across the border to the Tijuana Temple, is the endowment session automatically in Spanish? Oh, and do I'm you sure. have to get yeah. the English? Do you have to go, I'm English, give me the headset for English? Oh, I'm sure you do. I had to wear the headset for English when we lived in California at the LA Temple. Every once in a while, we'd hit a Spanish, a Spanish session. session. And I'd be like, all right, give me the headset. Oh, <laughs> so. Oh, no. Yeah. Okay. Oh, and you got one more. Oh, got one you got more. the icky one. Oh, this is the gross one. We This is a Mormon behaving badly, but we didn't put him in we Mormons behaving him badly because he was really bad. It's too gross. And sometimes we just like to save that for lighthearted criminals, like, you know, Ponzi schemes. Exactly. People who steal money and Ammon Bundy. This one was just too gross. Um, this was in Redmond, Washington, a member of the church. Was arrested, accused of molesting at least two children at church events. Mm. And then he was recently arrested again. He got out on bail for both of those. Those were at our, yes. our church. And then he got out on bail for both of those and was like arrested again recently for three more um, that they're saying. Anyway, really. That are affiliated with a yes. church event. Yes. I'm just like. Why? Why are we not watching him if we know what he's been charged with? Really, really gross. So <sighs> anyway. Okay. Yeah. Well, speaking of, on that note, we'll go to something that is maybe slightly less gross. I don't know. <laughs> Which normally, again, I would put in Mormons behaving badly, but this is such a huge deal right now that it just has to go in regular news. Yeah, we just have to give updates. The Lori Vallow Daybell trial started. They took one week for jury selection. They got their jury selected. They have done two weeks of testimony. Now, first of all, I have to give an update because, you know, I said I wanted to try and attend the trial. Right. 
And I attempted to attend the trial. The tickets for the trial, like literally go within less than two minutes. Mm -hmm. And so I got online one morning with my friend and she was able to secure a ticket. I did not realize I had to push the second button. And because I did not realize I had to push the second button, I didn't get my ticket. So Kristen went, which is great. I met her for lunch. You know, we talked about it and everything. And so I've been trying to look at my calendar for another date to go and Mm -hmm. I am just so busy with a bunch of work projects right now that I really don't think it's going to happen, which I'm kind of bummed, but, um, so we'll have to see, but I want to just talk about a few highlights from the trial because we knew, I think going into this, that this, this was going to be a crazy Mm -hmm. train. The train is even worse than what we all thought. It is. Well, and it's interesting. I don't feel like there's been at quite as much national media no. coverage as I thought there would be, which no. I'm very grateful yes. for because we are getting bombarded with coverage locally. Oh, Obviously, yeah. this is happening in our town. So yeah. we're getting reports every single day about what's happening in the trial exactly. and what comes out. Exactly. And so I know this may not be as big of a deal for people living outside of the Western United yeah. States, especially, but if you are anywhere in Idaho, I'm assuming Utah. Oh yeah. KSL's covering um, it big time. This is a big deal because and you are so much church adjacent stuff is coming out in this yeah. trial more than I thought would. Yeah, exactly. Um, that you are now getting asked all kinds. If you are a member of the church living in Idaho or Utah or any other adjacent oh, states yeah. and your non-member friends or coworkers are paying attention, you are now having to explain quite a few things about the church. Maybe this is a missionary opportunity. I don't know, but no, it's really true. I had a, I had, I had someone at work who said, this is weird. I don't get it. Explain it to me. Right. Like there has been just way more churchy stuff in the details of this exactly. trial than I expected. Exactly. I mean, I should have expected that to a degree, but yeah. It's just so much church adjacent stuff. Like you'd explain some of the stuff that's come out that's been weird and is church adjacent and people do not understand exactly necessarily that this is, or they know it's related to our church and they want to know like how related exactly. is this to our church. Exactly. So first of all, a lot of the people that they brought into kind of this little group that they had, they groomed from people. They went to mainstream mm-hmm weekly church services with. So I thought that that was kind of interesting. Um, while all of this is going on and it, it, in the, you know, in the, in the year and a half that she met, you know, be- leading up to when people started dying after she mm-hmm. met Chad, Lori's attending the temple, like on a weekly basis. Yeah. I mean, and, and they were still going to their mainstream. They were still going to their mainstream congregation. She has also told friends that she had seen Jesus Christ in the temple. Uh, We heard that Chad and Lori, while they were still married to their respective spouses, went to the temple together and sealed themselves together in the temple. Now, when I first heard this initially in some of the early stuff, I thought, how in the world did they get into a ceiling room? They weren't in a ceiling room. It came out that they went into a waiting room area and they did this little ceremony by themselves in a waiting room area. I think we need some more security in the temple. Uh, Anyway, (laughs) then we heard a lot about these things called castings. So if a person was, if it was determined that an evil spirit had inherited, had had uh, taken over somebody, like they determined that Chad or that uh, her husband, Charles had turned dark, her kids had turned dark, Mm -hmm. Tammy had turned dark. 
all these people that ultimately ended up dead had turned dark. And so they had to cast the evil spirit out. Mm -hmm. And so they would do these castings remotely and four or five people would participate in the casting and they would each have a different responsibility. I mean, it was kind of like a seance. It was just really Mm -hmm. weird. Um, they believed in other lives and other probations. They believed that they, Chad and Lori believed that they had been married to each other in other lives. Uh, Chad believed that he was the brother of God and that in a previous probation, he was the Holy ghost that has come out in the trial. And then one of the weirdest things, Chad gave Alex Cox, who is Lori's brother, a patriarchal blessing that was recorded and they played it in the trial. And when you listen to it, it sounds so much like a patriarchal blessing. The tone of voice. Yeah. We have a tone of voice. Conference speakers have a certain tone of voice. Blessings have a certain tone. And it had that tone. And I was listening to it going, this is so weird. It sounds like a totally normal blessing. And then he would say something. And then you listen to the words. No, that's not right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And so this is getting played everywhere. So Mm -hmm. lots of just really very church adjacent stuff coming out where they have taken mainstream LDS stuff and twisted it and perverted it. And Mm -hmm. and it's just bizarre. I want to give a big shout out to Nate Eaton. He is a reporter with East Idaho News. He broke this story initially. He has camped himself out here in Boise for the trial. He's the reporter that you see chasing Chad and Lori down in Hawaii going, where are the kids? Where are the kids? Yeah, he was on all the Dateline. He was on all the Dateline. He's a very active member of the church. Every night at 7.30, Sunday through Thursday, he does what's called Courtroom Insider. And it is about a 35, 30 to 45 minute program. He does it on Facebook Live. He also does it on YouTube. And he breaks down all of the trial testimony for the day. He also does a really good job of sifting out, this is mainstream uh, church stuff. This is not mm-hmm. um, for those people who are listening because he has a, his YouTube videos are getting a hundred, 120,000 people uh, mm-hmm. uh, watching these videos and he's in the courtroom and he's, he's live uh, streaming and tweeting from the courtroom on his computer. He is just doing an amazing job. And so for anybody who wants to follow this, I say, go to East Idaho news. They've got a whole day bell section. Nate Eaton is doing a, an amazing thing. I personally told the dog, my dog, I said, Daphne, every night at 730, you and I have a date to cruise mm-hmm. the neighborhood. And I and I listen to Nate Eaton's uh, Facebook program while mm-hmm. I do that and get my, my Chad and Lori update for the day. Yeah, it's really been interesting. It is, my friend and I were joking, like, um, it makes us feel like we're just one step away from a cult. <laughs> no, like, honestly, I think this is not... Mormon specific. I think there's a lot of religions yeah. that have offshoots and yeah. they really are just one step away from a cult. Yeah. But something about our religion can really like people tend to be prone yeah. to extremes. Exactly. And, I mean, this isn't the only we have lots of other cases of where yeah. people these like shoot offs and people just get a little wacko. And, yeah. But it really makes it hard it does to explain to outsiders who you know that's something that has been a, a label that's been put on us exactly. for years and we've been trying so hard for years this trial is not helping to that say label. we are not a cult well apparently we're cult adjacent <laughs> 
Well, you know, my friend Kristen, who went to the trial, her comment to me was, if I knew nothing about the church and I were sitting here listening this tr- listening to the trial or following the trial online, she said, I would full on think we were a cult. It's not great. It's not a great look. It's not a great look. <laughs> That's why I really appreciate Nate Eaton's doing his yes. best to go, no, 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 them, us, two different things. Right. That is very helpful. Yes. Um, especially coming from a member because they understand the difference. Exactly. So exactly. Oh boy. All right. Next article we have, this is a Jana Reese article on her blog, Flunking Sainthood. That's what her blog is called, right? Yes. Flunking Sainthood. Um, this was interesting. This was about Bing. Bing has a testimony of the Book of Mormon is what it's called. She had a reader that wrote to her, you know, Bing is yes. the new Google AI feature yes. where you can actually have a conversation with artificial intelligence about whatever topic you may choose. So she had a reader that wrote to her and was like, Hey, I was playing around with AI and asking a lot of questions about the church. You want to see my screenshots? Okay. <laughs> so she's like, yeah. <laughs> so um, this was just super interesting. So um, she started off the article by pointing out, I thought this was like really interesting that she pointed this out and made this connection that, you know, the church has spent the last 20 years since Google became a thing trying to spending a lot of money and time trying to get the Google search to be positively favored towards the church, right? You don't want all the anti stuff to come up first in the Google search. You want good, positive. Yes. They have curated yes. their Google search yes. very well. And you have to spend a lot of money to do that. Yes, you do. <laughs> it is not cheap. So she's saying just when, you know, the church got a handle on that, there's a new sheriff in town. Called and AI. Called AI. But she does point out that according to this guy's conversation mm-hmm. with Bing, it looks like the church has done a pretty good job because how Bing works is it will take the most... Um, Searched things? The most searched things, the most available conversations on the topic. That's what it curates from. Oh, okay. So whatever most people are saying out there or what is the most. Okay. That's kind of what it curates its answers from. So So. so the answers were not like Chad and Lori, Lori far off the reservation. They were more on the reservation. They were mainstream. Yes. And so that is a testament to like how good the church has done about trying to make sure the conversation stays on the path. Yes. So, so anyway, it was just super interesting. Um, This guy said that um, because some of his, you know, closest friends had left Mormonism, he wanted to ask Bing about some of the more controversial things. Okay. Um, so, and he said, overall, it was pretty factual and pretty balanced. Okay. Uh, but, uh, you know, he asked it things like, why do some people like Joseph Smith and some hate him? She, uh, uh, he asked him things like, uh, what are some evidences for or against the book of Mormon? And it was very balanced, but then it started to get like a little bit more dicey feelings. I don't know if you read the article. I I did not get a chance to read the article. Oh, well, and then this New York times reporter played around with it. And if you, he found that if you asked it enough and you really tried to get Uh deep, it was starting to give him like wackadoo. (laughs) Like it told him he was in love with him. Like like the computer said it was in love with him and stuff. Anyway. So this guy's kind of pushing the limit on the Mormon stuff. And um, it said soon uh, Bing kind of veered more personal and began testifying of the truth of the Book of Mormon. <laughs> Bing bore his testimony. This is a quote from Bing. Um, 
they were talking, whatever they were talking about the book of Mormon. And like, he, he said he didn't have satisfactory explanations at this time on something that he had asked him about the book of Mormon. But he said, I rely on my faith and the witness of the spirit to sustain my testimony of the book of Mormon while also being open to new discovery and insights that may shed more light on these issues. That is a quote from Bing. Okay. So then uh, he later said, I have read the book of Mormon and prayed to know if it's true. I've felt the spirit confirm it to me. He goes on and like says, I love the book of Mormon and I testify that it's another testament of Jesus Christ. So then the guy that's writing to them is like, so are you telling me you have a testimony of the book of Mormon? And um, then later Bing is like, no, that's not correct. Because the guy says in my, in another chat, you knew the Book of Mormon was true. Is that correct? And then Bing says, no, that's not correct. I never said I knew the Book of Mormon was true. I only said that Mormon church believes the Book of Mormon is true. So it's getting confused. It's getting very confused. <laughs> check its vernacular. But it's got all of this very familiar language, which is the language we use. Exactly. Which is the language that is prominently out there exactly. on the internet. Internet and it's drawing from them. Like it's using all the same terms. Another quote, direct quote uh, from Bing was, I felt the spirit. I think they asked him how he feels yeah. the spirit. And he said, I felt the spirit in different ways at different times. Sometimes I felt a warm and peaceful feeling. Sometimes I felt a clear and powerful impression. So clearly he's got all the language. He, he's reading, <laughs> he's reading the enzyme or where I think we're calling it these days, the Liahona. I know. Anyway, January says, well, I don't think he'll be the next golden convert for the LDS missionaries. <laughs> But at least he's not promulgating yes. lots of bad stuff. Yes. So anyway, I just thought that was so that interesting. Fascinating. I'm having just so much fun listening to different reporters and they're like things playing that, around with this yes, AI. Playing around with being. It's terrifying, but interesting. <laughs> anyway, Jana Reese said at the end of her article, if anybody else out there has some interesting church related conversations with Bing, screenshot them and send them to her. She wants to know. Okay. All right. Good She's enough. going to continue on this investigation. Well, of course. <laughs> Jana, we appreciate you. All right. I'm going to hit on another, a couple of pop culture ones real quick. Last okay. month, I talked about Stuart Peterson, who starred in the 70s in the movie called Old Yeller, that we were all forced to watch as a, oh, as a child. Yes. That is not our favorite movie. Anyway, active member of the church, really nice guy. So there was another article this month on a gentleman by the name of Johnny Whitaker. Now you had no idea who Johnny no. Whitaker was. Mm -mm. Johnny Whitaker was a staple growing up for me. He was on a TV show in the sixties called family affair. And then after that, he starred in a bunch of um, Disney films. He was uh, Tom Sawyer in Tom Sawyer's adaptation of, of, uh, of, Di of um, Disney's version, Disney's adaptation mm -hmm. of Tom Sawyer. Okay. So um, he's, he's slightly older than me, but a big deal because he was a member of the church. And so he had this whole child acting career. And of course, like most child actors, he kind of uh, fell by the wayside as he got into adulthood and got into, as he likes to say, kind of sex, drugs, and rock and roll sort of a thing. And so he was eventually excommunicated from the church. Um, the reason that this is relevant right now is East Idaho News, who I've mentioned because they're covering the Daybell trial, actually recently did a video interview with him because Johnny Whitaker's mother grew up in Eastern Idaho. She's a native to Eastern Idaho. And so they did a video uh, interview with him and he has subsequently 
Um, he's very good friends with Marie Osmond. He lived uh, when he lived in California as a kid. He lived next door to Marie. Um, they have remained good friends. Anyway, he eventually uh, has been clean and sober for 25 years. And in 2019, he was rebaptized back into the LDS church. So, That's great. Good for him. Another quick update. Sister Wives. Now, I know you don't follow this, and I follow it. I don't watch the show anymore, but I follow it adjacent through mm-hmm. media. So one of the wives, Christine Brown, left Cody, had enough of him. She got a new man in her life named David Woolley. And so there is, and she's engaged to be married to him. And there's mm-hmm. speculation, is is David Woolley LDS? Now, I'm beefing with the author of this story. This story mm-hmm. is by J.J. Flowers of Soap Opera Spy. And he says, as Christine spiritually married Cody Brown and the family, and the family was part of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. So naturally, TLC fans wonder if David Woolley is also of the faith. No, 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 no. no, (laughs) They needed Nate Easton. They needed to distinguish the difference. To say, no, they are not mainstream members of the church. They are from a funky offshoot. Although lots of them grew up in the mainstream. Yes, Janelle. Most of them, didn't they? Janelle grew up. And Cody himself did. Cody himself Mm -hmm. did. Christine, however, actually grew up in a polygamist family in this this offshoot of the mainstream uh, church. And so anyway, so they have that wrong in the article, making it very misleading. So I was kind of beefing with that. But um, the long and the short of it is that they found an obituary for David Woolley's father. Mm -hmm. And David Woolley's father discusses being married to David Woolley's mother for time and all eternity in the Salt Lake Temple. And his obituary discusses uh, the many callings that he held in his lifetime and activity in the church. So I am going to speculate that at a minimum, her fiancé was likely raised LDS. I We have no clue if he's active or not anymore, but um, there is that connection there. Well, who knows? Maybe they'll just show up in someone's ward on Sunday. Exactly. and, and my <laughs> Maybe under- she's going to go mainstream now. And maybe she is going <laughs> to go mainstream. But my understanding mm-hmm. is as long as you don't espouse polygamy and the benefits of polygamy that you may see or that espouse that it's a good idea, you're welcome back into the mainstream church. And I'm assuming since she got out of that polygamous marriage, maybe she's done with that. Maybe she is. Maybe she will not be espousing. Exactly. The joys of polygamy. The joys of, exactly. <laughs> she's going, yeah, it didn't work out so well. <laughs> okay. Next article. This is actually a video that we'll have a link to in the um, on the website. This is a new collab between the Piano Guys and the Tab Cats, Tabernacle Choir at Temple Square. Um, They have a new video out of a song called Wayfaring Stranger. This is a, I watched the video. It was really pretty. This is a song the choir has sung before. This is a a new one that we've never heard. I'm going to go find this. You'll recognize it when you hear it. You'll be like, oh, I've heard them sing this before. Anyway, it's a typical video in Piano Guys style. They're out like in the woods playing the instruments, the piano and the cello, and the choir is all standing around them. It's very pretty. It's interesting because it's like the choir. Is it the full choir, like all 360 uh, members? I don't know if it's all of them. Because that would be a lot. Yeah, I don't think it's all of them. I think it's part. Maybe maybe there was a special edition to make the piano guy cut. Yeah, maybe you had to... Be the top of <laughs> top of the top. Um, so, and then there's like anyway. It's interesting because they're mixed together. We never see the Tabernacle Choir outside of their sections, right? Sopranos, altos, 
They, so are they mixed? These are mixed men, women. They're or, mixed by sex as well as piano, yes, as well as they're all just musical parts thrown in there in the woods. Um, oh, that is so very that interesting. Is interesting. The other interesting thing is you never see the bottom half of the ladies choir robe dress oh you saw the bottom half and shoes i was like i've never seen what it looks like at the bottom before oh. i mean it's nothing interesting it just looks like a long flowy dress like a, <laughs> like a tent dress yeah. to accommodate all sizes yes but it is their familiar blue choir dress that okay. they always wear they didn't you know they didn't change the uniform. Okay. Um, are the men in suits then? Yeah, the men are in their suits with okay, their red ties. Doesn't this seem a little bit odd to have them dressed this formally out in the middle of the woods? Well, I don't know. There's a grand piano, so. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I would think we'd maybe go for a little more casual look, but, um, you know. But the interesting thing is they said that this is the first in a series of collaborative tracks oh. coming from the Tabernacle Choir and the Piano Guys. Oh, more to This come. is not their first collab because they, the Piano Guys, um, were special guests on um, Music in the Spoken Word last fall. Oh. I remember watching. Okay. we watch that every week. Okay. As our father taught us to. <laughs> So, Except for when you have nine o'clock church. Yeah, that's true. Well, I suppose you could catch it we on watch YouTube. the recording later. Okay. Anyway, I remember they were on there and Keith and I were like, what are they doing on there? Hmm. They haven't been on music in this. Music in the spoken word doesn't typically have a guest unless it's a recording from a concert. Yeah. Um, anyway. Okay. So look for some more. I'm curious to see what they'll do next. My husband and I were just talking recently. We were like, it has been so long since they released a CD. Uh it really has? has been. Yeah, it has been a while. It's I been through. Well, but you got to figure they probably released a CD pre-COVID mm-hmm. and then they had COVID right. and then they've had to kind of get back on track since COVID. But we understood that mm-hmm. Mac Wilberg was busily writing music during COVID yeah. because he didn't have a choir to conduct. So he was working all these all music, the arrangements, all the right? arrangements that he'd got. I'll get to that someday. So we're due a CD. We are due a CD with <laughs> well, some not Mac. a CD. They don't call them that anymore. Well, yeah. We're due some new releases. We're due some new releases <laughs> with some fancy Mac arrangements. Yes. So maybe we're starting at, maybe this Piano okay. Guys collab is the beginning Could be. of new music. Could be. Okay. Next. I've got a crumble cookie story. Of course you do. Not only do I have a crumble cookie story, it's written by our favorite Deseret News reporter, Hannah Syriac. Yay. Hannah, we still love you. We want you to come on the podcast with us. Um, anyway, so this is just kind of a fluff piece on crumble cookie. It is the fourth fastest growing food chain in the country, according to the New York Times. That is wild. They are opening stores and branching out everywhere. And so she just kind of talks about what's behind it. Of course, it's very in, it's very um, social media friendly with mm-hmm. their boxes and their promotions. And we know they are very guarded about that mm-hmm. because we've done many stories on- They'll the, sue your pants off. They'll sue your pants off <laughs> on the cookie wars. But they currently have 786 locations in the United States and they are next planning on branching out to Canada. That is wild. It is totally wild. It's amazing how fast they've grown. Exactly. And she starts her story by saying, you know, just a few years ago, the idea that you would be able to order freshly baked cookies and milk straight to your door would have seemed more like a dream than a reality. Mm-hmm. And she's not wrong about that. It's mm-hmm. very true. I mean, they, I think that they really saw a niche in the market because yeah. it used to be cupcakes, cupcakes, cupcakes. Cupcakes are not so much in vogue anymore. It's the cookies. The cookie is having its moment. So, And I think that they really, I think COVID did them well. 
COVID did them because very well. What do you want when you're stuck in your house in a pandemic? A warm anxiety, cookie. a warm cookie that they will bring to you with a mask on. Exactly. <laughs> so. Exactly. So we'll see how long they're able to ride the cookie wave before yeah. the next dessert trend comes in. Yeah. Or if the cookie wave is here to stay. Yeah. Super interesting. Okay. Okay. This next article was a Deseret News article. Um, it was about um, what one researcher calls the seismic political shift happening among young Latter-day Saints. So this was an article about this uh, political science, political scientist, Ryan Burge, who, um, who had helped with this. And Kelsey Dallas wrote the article, but she was quoting him from some things he put recently on his Twitter thread and some of the research. There's been a new report. It's called Cooperative Election Study that was, um, you know, typical study evaluating politics and faith and mm -hmm. how they relate with young people. And she was just saying, you know, the the overall feel over the past several years, the general feel is everybody thinks that, you know, Republicans are leaving in droves. Yes. Especially young, younger ones. Younger ones, 20-ish yes. to probably 35-ish are all Democrats. Right. And that's what the media tells us. No matter what the religion. Yes. Well, he, this political scientist said, that's actually not true unless you're a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. He was saying that like the research actually shows um, from this latest report uh -huh. That actually young black Protestants who were Democrats, their numbers have decreased oh, since 2008. And the same for non-white Catholics, evangelicals, and Muslims, the number of Democrats has decreased. Oh. But he was saying the claim that young Americans are ditching the Republican party does hold up among young adherents of the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Okay. But I still am like, yeah, because he just says that, um, they're significant. I don't necessarily know if they're leaving the Republican party. And I think there are many that are, but he also says that there are many that are just more moderate. Like exactly. And that's what I would want. They're significantly less conservative exactly. than the older members of the church. Um, and the average younger Mormon is noticeably more moderate today than in 2016. And that to me would make a lot of sense. Um, but I, I do think there are a lot yeah. that are leaving, but I think there's also a lot that are just going more to the middle. Yes. So anyway, I just thought that was interesting that he noticed the distinction among members of our church that it really, he seemed to think that the data was really showing that with, within our church. Fascinating. Anyway, it is interesting. Okay. So my next story is from LDS Living. They actually recently republished this story that they had originally done in 2009. And um, it's kind of a very interesting story. It happened in January of 1943 up in Alaska. There was a plane crash up there and there were, I believe, six people in the plane. One of them died upon impact and the other, I think the other five survived. Um, one of them went off into the woods to try and get rescue, rescue people, find rescue help and never returned. So then that left four. Um, the the, in Alaska, they knew that the plane had gone down because the pilot was able to radio a mayday before they went down. So they were out looking for them. But this is January in Alaska and they weren't having a ton of luck. And this was 1943. It was in the right. middle of the war. And one of them was a one of them was a branch member. president. He was a branch president of up in Anchorage, Anchorage right. branch. And so um, anyway, so they look for the, them for three weeks and they can't find them. So they abandon their search. Well, this gentleman, Joe Tippett's 
who is a branch president. His wife lived, you know, his wife lived in Anchorage, obviously mm-hmm. with him. He was flying home and um, they had a two-year-old son and everybody kept saying, oh, you need to go down to Utah, be with your family. And she's like, no, my husband's still alive. They all thought she was crazy pants. And she's like, no, my husband's still alive. And meanwhile, he is still alive and he is out there just asking Heavenly Father, hey, comfort my family. Let my Mm -hmm. family know I'm still alive. And so it took 29 days, but 29 days later, they were able to find him and he was still alive. crazy. And it was, it, it became this huge celebration in Alaska, in Anchorage that they were able to find him. Actually, all four of the men they were able to, they were able to rescue. Anyway, my, my thought on this was, why is this not a movie? This feels How? like one of those LDS movie producers exactly. in Utah should be turning this into a movie. So if you produce movies or know people who do, I think this is would be an this, amazing story for yeah. a faith-promoting movie. This was a really interesting article. So many details about yeah. how they survived. Exactly. Because it it's crazy. It it's was wild. Too long. We, we've spent too much yeah. time tonight to go into the details. But yeah, it's a totally wild story. And is the perfect plot line for a faith-based movie, in my opinion. Oh. So if it gets made, credit the Twim Sisters. <laughs> All right. And then I will do one last shout out before we return to a Mormons Behaving Badly. Because it's pageant adjacent. And if you've listened to us for any period of time, you know I am a total pageant <laughs> girl fan, fan girl. Um, Charlene Wells, Miss America, 1985. The one and only ever member of the church of Jesus Mm -hmm. Christ of Latter-day Saints to be a Miss America, which came on the heels of the Vanessa Williams scandal. So probably not so much a coincidence, Mm -hmm. not that Charlene didn't deserve it. She's a great Miss America. Mm -hmm. Um, Her mother passed away. So she was 92 years old. What I, and so this is an article talking about her mother. What I found was really interesting was, so her father was a general authority. He was a general authority 70 and he was a general authority 70 from 76 to 97. So at the time that she was crowned Miss America, her father was a 70, which I knew he was a general authority, but in my mind, I guess I thought that that happened like later after she was Miss America. So anyway, the article is just a great tribute to her mother and what an amazing woman she was. So um, Charlene, we are definitely very sorry for your loss, but it sounds like your mother, she was 92, had an amazing Mm -hmm. life. And so um, kudos to you for getting to be part of her legacy. Mm -hmm. All right. Mormons behaving badly. Where to start? Where to start? We're going to start with the Ponzi scheme. There really is a Ponzi there scheme. There really is a Ponzi tonight. scheme tonight. We get one of those every once in a while. Yes. So there is a gentleman in Las Vegas named Matthew Wade Beasley. He's 50 years old, and he has been held in the Clark County Detention Center since he was arrested by the FBI in March of 2022 um, because he was indicted for money laundering charges relating to what federal investigators have described as a nearly $500 million Ponzi scheme that preyed upon members of the church. Yikes. So the reason this was recently in the news is a he's been in custody for over a year and a federal judge actually released him on a personal recognizance bond against the wishes of the U.S. Attorney's Office because at the time they took him into custody, he's like, I'm not going to jail. Uh, I'll be in jail for what I did. And he put a gun to his head and he was going to shoot himself, but then he ended up 
chickening out. And so then he points the gun at the agents so he can have death by cop. He gets hit, but he doesn't die. So (laughs) anyway. All right. And then my last Mormon's behaving badly. I have a little Ammon Bundy update. You know, he is my lifetime achievement winner in the category of Mormons behaving badly. Uh, I've talked about this before. St. Luke's Hospital here in Boise is suing him civilly for defamation. He is refusing to participate in the lawsuit, but they have several things that they have to serve upon him. And um, they have gone to the sheriff of the county that he lives in to have the sheriff serve him because that is one of the statutory obligations of sheriffs in Idaho. Mm -hmm. Well, the sheriff in this county was like, yeah, I'm not serving him. He's way too dangerous and crazy. I'm not going out there, not serving him. You guys figure it out. Now, when I read this, I was like, how can you do that? He's a big, this guy's a big bully. This is like mafia or something. Exactly. Now the cops are scared of him. Exactly. But you have a theory. I have two theories. (laughs) Theory theory number one is maybe the, well, I mean, I legit think that the cops could be scared of him. Mm -hmm. But theory number two is... He lives in a very small county. It is very tight. It wouldn't surprise me if the sheriff is like, Big Bad St. Luke suing poor little Ammon and doesn't want to serve him. So what does Big Bad St. Luke's Big Bad St. Luke's do? They go hop, 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 hop over to the Idaho Supreme Court and they say, Supreme Court, make the sheriff in that county do his constitutional duty. So they filed all these motions. Well, the sheriff fortunately got some legal advice from his elected prosecuting attorney who said, uh, yeah, you're not going to win this at the Supreme Court. <laughs> you kind of have to do it. You kind of have to do it. So he entered into an agreement saying, yes, I will serve him. And he also entered into an agreement that if they wanted to have a civil process server who is not the sheriff go out there and serve him, that he will not arrest them for trespassing because that is another threat that Ammon has mm-hmm. made when civil process servers who right. are not the sheriff has shown up. He said, I'm calling the sheriff. Well, I'm going to have you arrested. And wasn't it saying they're having a hard time finding civil Oh yeah, nobody wants to deal with it. I don't take in that job. You're not paying me enough money. Exactly. Exactly. So currently there is just this week, the judge issued a $10,000 civil warrant of attachment to Ammon Bundy, which means that that he needs to be arrested and go to jail. And his only way to get out of jail is to pay $10,000. So this is probably going to get more interesting before it gets less interesting because are they going to be able to go and arrest him? Because he said, yeah, I'm not turning myself in. Is he going to engage in a standoff right. with them? Is he going to have all his people out there with guns? It, this it, is highly likely. Uh, the, <laughs> yeah. So stay tuned because my Lifetime Achievement Award winner has 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 more stuff to fodder the award that I have given him. I really, really want to meet someone who goes to church up in Emmett, this small town. I know. That can give us like the lowdown. Like what's his history with the church there? Exactly. How often does he show up? Yeah. Well, I know he has a son that's on a mission right now. He does? He does. Like that son went out on a mission sometime within the last, at least the last 12 months. Well, then I'm sure he went for a mission farewell. You would I would also like to know like how many guns does he wear to church on the regular? Like, <laughs> because technically you're not supposed to bring your guns to church. supposed to, but I am like a hundred percent sure. Okay, maybe ninety nine percent sure. He's, Go with he's, the he's packing at church. I'm for sure, sure he's packing at church. <laughs> anyway, oh my goodness. So don't worry. I will routinely routinely keep you updated on Evan Bundy. <laughs> 
Okay. Okay. I think we made it through all the stories. We did. We're on to favorite Should things. Do our favorite things. Should I go yes. first? You go first. Okay. Mine is an app. This is an app I've been meaning to share for a while. Okay. Um, for the longest time, my husband and I have been like, you know, when you go to watch a show and you're like, oh, I really want to watch. I really want to watch Clueless. Yes. And then you have to go to your Netflix and see if it's on Netflix. And then you have to go to your Amazon Prime and see if yes. it's on Because if you're like us and you have way too many subscriptions, subscriptions and you really should not have them all, <laughs> but you have them all and you got to figure out where it is. So for the longest time, we were like, somebody needs to create an app okay. that tells you where the thing is. Well, my yeah. husband, there is an app. There is an app. Well, <laughs> my husband good. was at like a tech conference last, uh-huh. last summer, I think. And he was telling, he was chatting up with somebody there. And the guy that was there was like, oh my gosh, my company, um, the guy was explaining what Uh his company does and his company has created an app for this. And my husband was like, you're kidding me. My wife and I have been searching for an app that does that forever. It is called Just Watch. Okay. And you can go to Just Watch. Okay. You can type in. So it's kind of like Just Serve. Yes. Only it's Just Watch. Just Watch. watch. (laughs) The opposite of doing service, sit on the couch and just watch. (laughs) Just Watch. Um, you can go there. You can, wouldn't that be funny if somebody that was a member of the church came up with the name, like is in this, I'm just like, I know that'd be interesting. It's, it would, I don't think it. Yeah. No. Yeah. Anyway, but yeah, just odds are slim, but that would be hilarious. That would be hilarious. Uh, you can go, you can type in the name of your TV show, movie, et cetera, et cetera. And it will pop it up. And you can, you can enter what subscription services you have. So it will say you can watch it on this, this, and this, or you can rent it for this much here, this much here. Like if if it's not available to watch on any of those for free, it'll say it's not, but you can rent it for this much on Apple. You can rent it for this much on prime. So you know exactly where to go. You have no, you no longer need to go to Netflix and type in the name and all the things. So. Oh, that is awesome. Oh, that is so good to know. I'm going to have to put that up on my phone. Okay. Well, my favorite thing is an Instagram account. Oh. And it is called, uh, it it is an Instagram account for the St. George Institute. Well, this is random. As in (laughs) like. Institute like of Religion Institute. in St. George. Why in the world are you following St. George Institute? Well, you know how like when you're on Instagram, <laughs> they 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 populate stuff that they think you might like. Yes. Well, I don't know why they populate why they thought I would like this, but they populated it to me. And it's funny. Really? They have three institute teachers down there mm-hmm. and they make these like hilarious videos. That I'm looking at, I'm going, I want to go to Institute down there. Ooh. That looks like lots of fun. Okay, so the St. George Institute the teachers are Saint all like George hip Institute. with the youths and the technology. Exactly, exactly. I mean, they just make these funny videos that um, just, I, I don't even know how to describe them other than they are like hilarious to watch. Oh. So, and of course they use the Institute um, mm-hmm. you know, their Institute page for, you know, promoting their events and their classes. Right. And they had one, cause I guess it, they, they're just finishing the semester saying, Hey, we'll see you next semester. And you know, bye-bye so long, farewell. And, and they're just, they're just, they have a really good uh-huh. sense of humor. And when they make these videos, they're of course in their white shirts and ties, which makes the videos <laughs> even funnier. Okay. And they're in like the gym at uh-huh. the Institute. At the Institute building. At the, so it's like, they're like well. in a church building. Who would have thought? I know. So I, I highly recommend following them <laughs> because they're just funny. Okay. I'll have to check it out. Okay. 
All right. I think that's it for us. I think that about wraps Until it Until next up. month. So, Twim Nation, thank you very much for joining us. As always, you can find us in almost every form of social media. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, um, and of course, um, our podcast. And the if for those of you who actually want to not just listen to us, but watch us, there is a YouTube channel where you can see the video of us while we are recording our podcast, if you're that hardcore. And finally, if you have any questions or comments, you can reach out at contact at thisweekinmormons.com and we will promptly address all of your concerns. All so, right. Thank you for thank listening. Thank you very much.